Blog Talk Radio. Nation. It is another Friday night. You are tuned into page one. I am LeVar, and the next voice that you will hear, of course, if I'm LeVar, it's got to be Mary. How are you? Hey, how's it going? It's going. It's going. It's been a long week, hasn't it? It has been. T-G-I-S. Yes. It, for some of you, uh, maybe you might be starting your vacations early next week. Of course, next week being Thanksgiving. Where did the year go? I don't know. I think I just remember last thing. And here we are one full calendar year later, and we are back again to almost another Thanksgiving. And for some of you, you probably will work until Wednesday. If you're lucky enough, you're off Thursday and Friday, or you work Thursday. And if you work in retail, ooh. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Black Friday. You know what? Is Black Friday? I don't. I don't know. Is Black Friday really as big anymore? It used to be something. I think. I think, so. I think when places were actually closed on Thanksgiving, people mapped out their Black Friday. They were excited about it, but now that places are open, is it really a big deal? I think in some instances, yes, but that's for the people that have to have to have to have to have that like seventy-inch screen TV. For the $200. I just, I just, I don't. I'm not a Black Friday person. I am. I'm also not a Cyber Monday person either. Hmm. I make you know as it goes along. Tonight I was at the store and I actually did see people walking out with big screen TVs, so obviously it's a sale before but. Well, no, the um, the retail stores have actually done the Black Friday early this year because of the shortened shopping season. Apparently, yeah. we are six days shorter, so they started their shopping season for Black Friday, you know, like October 15th. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Thanksgiving... And, uh, I was uh, about to discuss it before we came on the air here, if only people could hear our conversations before then. I felt a little old because this past week I was actually going to go online. And if you are a fan of classic TV, um, probably one of the best thanksgiving theme episodes of any television series of all time has to be the WKRP in Cincinnati episode where they did the turkey drop. Oh, it's a turkey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. If you drop. don't know what I'm talking about, go online, put in WKRP Turkey Drop, and I think they have like a 60-second like synopsis of the whole, like, the whole thing throughout the show. And the best parts, and there's a quote at the end uh, where the station manager, uh, Arthur Carlson, he says, As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. It's only funny when you actually see the entire show and <laughs> hear what happened. But in recent years, they've had a T-shirt that's out. It has on it uh, annual WKRP turkey drop. <laughs> and it has, like, the nice. Huh? That's nice. I want that. I know. And they're online. They're on Amazon. I think I should get paid for the plug I'm about to give, but they're on Amazon. And uh, you can probably find some on eBay. But the thing is, is that right now, this late date, if you order or try to order like I did yesterday, unfortunately, you probably will not get the shirt until after Thanksgiving or like on December 2nd or whatever. And I'm like, what's the point of ordering it if you don't have it in time for Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. So next year I will remind myself probably sometime in October to order that shirt. <laughs> but I guess I we have to, to be part of your wardrobe. Right. I guess, you know, that does bring to mind 
the WKRP episode was probably like the best Thanksgiving episode. That makes me wish, or not make me wish, but make me wonder what was probably like the best Christmas episode from a TV series. There's a lot of good ones. I do There's a recall, lot of good ones. I do recall a MASH one where uh, they were going to have this Christmas party. And it was like in the later seasons. And a soldier comes in. And he was, like, really critical, and they were, like, trying to keep him alive until, like, midnight so that he didn't die on Christmas. And meanwhile, there's this party going on with all the kids. There's a couple other, like, backstories throughout the show, but I do remember, like, he did kind of die, I think, like, during Christmas, but they moved the clock and falsified it so that it comes out to that. It's really, like, heart-tugging episode, but, yeah, you, I think that's probably, like, one of the best ones I think I've seen, but... Oh. Well, I mean, you also have like Seinfeld that that sprang up uh, Festivus. I mean, that created a whole new holiday on its own. That's a good yeah. one too. Festivus it's, for the rest kind of like us. almost like, but does the Festivus really count as Christmas because Festivus is its own holiday? Right, but it was because of Christmas. Yeah, it's almost like when people talk about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. It absolutely is. Like, that's, what, that's what people are. argue about to this day. It's Die Hard a Christmas movie. Some people say no. Some people say yes. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think there's some probably, there probably is some good Die Hard Christmas t-shirts out there. We'll, we'll look for them later. But anyway, I digress. We do have a show ahead of you tonight. Um, actually, if you saw us, uh, the good folks at Blog Talk Radio actually had us on the main page so if you joined us from there tonight, we're here every Friday night pretty much at this time. Uh, also, you can follow us over on Twitter. Barry's over at... Blue Eyes Mama. <laughs> and I'm also over there as well. Um, you know where I'm at, because if you found me by now, you actually saw it, but it's News Comic BTR. Uh, also, I guess to get some things out of the way, old news, new news, um... I do want to thank, uh, we had the 401 Lounge um, this past Sunday night. Um, I guess was Tiffany Starr. If you haven't heard that podcast, you can still catch it. It's on here, uh, on our page. You can catch that. We do have another uh, special show coming up in December, which we have also started to uh, put some things out about. So if you're on the page, uh, you do know that I do some shows with uh, Pleasure Life Music, which Spontaneous actually does. We do have our year-end roundtable. Um, it is coming up on Sunday night, December 8th, um, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central, uh, 6 Pacific for you folks out in the uh, West Coast there. You definitely want to tune in. Uh, Spontaneous will actually be here uh, as well as uh, film director and uh, rap artist Mr. Romeo Holloway, they will be here on that night, so definitely tune in for that. That will be special. Uh, TGFX, uh, my PLM brother, will also be uh, co-hosting that with me as well. So now that I got all that out of the way, uh, you, you're here for the stories, aren't you? Um, the first one, I don't know what to think of this one. And the more and more that I read, this also goes to show, like, uh, this story Whichever part part that you read this week, it's journalism either at its best or at its worst because it leaves out a lot of stuff no matter which article that you read. I'm going to try and get to the bulk of the story so that you'll have some part of this, but this comes from Salt Lake City. A Utah woman was charged with a crime after her stepchildren saw her topless in her own home. Uh, She's fighting a case that could force her to register as a sex offender, citing a court ruling that overturned a topless ban in Colorado. Attorneys for Tilly Buchanan argue that the law is unfair because it treats men and women differently for bearing their chest. They're asking a judge to overturn her misdemeanor lewdness charges and declare that part of the law unconstitutional. Uh, prosecutors counter that nudity is commonly understood to include women's breasts in American society and that courts have upheld laws based on morality. Uh, judge Kara Pettit heard the case Tuesday but said that it was too important of an issue to decide immediately. She plans to rule in the coming months. Uh, 
Cannon said that she and her husband had taken off their shirts to keep their clothes from getting dusty while they worked in their garage in late 2017, early 2018. When the children, ages 9 through 13, walked in, she explained she considers herself a feminist and wanted to make a point that everybody should be fine with walking around their house or somewhere with skin showing, her lawyer said in court documents. She was charged with three counts of misdemeanor lewdness involving a child in February. It came after child welfare officials began an investigation involving the kids that wasn't tied to Buchanan, and the children's mother reported the incident to authorities because she was, quote, alarmed. Uh, Buchanan's husband was not charged. Uh, she went later to say it was in the privacy of her own home. My husband was right next to me in the same exact manner that I was, and he's not being prosecuted. If convicted, she could be required, as we stated, to register as a sex offender for 10 years. Uh, there's a lot of okay. different facts to this, a lot of different things that probably still will come out, bits and pieces throughout the week. But you read this story. What did you think? Um, well, I don't know what to think. I'm in the same boat as you are. Um, I need more facts. I need more detail. Um, I will say, though, that I think she's a weirdo for taking off her shirt and bra to paint a freaking garage. I don't care who you are. I don't want that stuff on my boobies. No offense even to anyone else. wear there. a bra? Yes, so I was like, I if she just wore a shirt, I mean, some people I, I do know well, go, that's right. Later in the article, it said, I think later in the article it said something about that they were missing, uh, like she had taken off her bra as well. Ah. But I'm not really sure. Are you still there? Yep, I, I got you now. You kind of disappeared there. <laughs> we didn't hear the last part of what you said. Go ahead. I said, I said, I'm not really sure. The way that it read, it sounded like that she had already she had taken off her shirt and was braless, so that she and her husband in the, were in the same basic state. Yeah. So I, I know, and I'm going to be. I'm always going to take the side of political correctness on this, or try to. But it's something I think – it's something that wouldn't – the story wouldn't be bad if the kids were maybe like a year or two. But well, when you I, have a nine and a 13-year-old, I know, mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> That's why I said I'm trying to be careful with this. At 9 and 13, you kind of have to, I mean, unless she was doing this already. And even then, I've got questions. Because how did it get back there to the person that reported it? Unless this kid just happened to say, oh, she was walking around shirtless and thought that we should all do it. You know? Because surely she wasn't there. And it's just so right. many back then, like, this, I, I don't think know. that the, yeah, and then, like, I think that the mother was the one that the Child Protective Services was doing the investigation. I'm, and this mm-hmm. is all assumptions. So this is not in the article. I don't know. But, again, just the way that the article read, it sounded like the, the, the Child Protective Services was doing an investigation on the mother. And the mother's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, wait a second. If you're going to investigate me, you got to investigate this as well. And then mm-hmm. that's where these charges came from. And then – the law, the lawyer for the person, what's her name? I've already forgotten uh, her name. Billy the person Buchanan. that was topless. Yeah. Yes. She, the lawyer is saying, well, because the guy was standing right next to me, the same manner of dressed or undressed, why is he not getting charged? This could go one of two ways. The judge could be like, fine, we're going to charge him too. And then all of a sudden everybody's going to go up and argue about it. It's pretty standard. And, and, and Salt Lake City does have a very big LDS population, so their modesty rules are a little bit more stringent than most. And, I'm, I mean, there is that religious factor there as well. But it's pretty standard practice that when somebody says, I'm going to go shirtless for a woman, that still means that their breasts are covered. Like, I don't want to see a woman's nipple. And I'm an adult. I don't want to see another woman's nipple. Unless I want to see another woman's nipple. If somebody comes in and goes, I'm just going to take my shirt off, I'd be like, and keep your bra on. And that should not be a spoken thing. Sometimes I don't want to see men's nipples. Just saying. You know, what, you know when you said that, I was thinking about uh, 
that uh, movie with Ben Stiller and uh, <laughs> he's like, I got nipples too, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, can them. you milk me? <laughs> yeah. I've got nipples too, Greg. Can you milk me? But, yeah, I don't, I, I'm so, because I was like, at, at that point, yeah, you're right. And I was like, but this is where we kind of have to be careful because if, I have a weird feeling that people will try to lump this in with other things, especially mm-hmm. for, you know, mothers who breastfeed in public. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want that to happen because that is a totally different thing of itself. And I, was and I like, have things on that, too, but that's like... <laughs> And then I was like, my other worry about it being lumped in is that this lady was in the confines of her own home. So it wasn't like she was, like, outdoors painting the garage and just, like, you know, uh, galloping back and forth. I mean, it was in her own home with, you know, their family, and there was no one else there. So it now kind of goes into that whole privacy thing because can you really charge somebody for something that happens behind closed doors? Because at that point, <laughs> that's going to open up a can of, like, a lot of other different things here. So, And I think there was actually something recently where there was a pilot who was naked in his hotel room, and I think it was it was either in Utah or in Colorado where – he actually got a judgment. He actually won money because they had arrested him. And it was like some high up, you know, from somewhere hotel. And they arrested him because he was naked in his hotel room, I guess, near the window. And he sued him and won. And I got to find that story for you when I do. But yeah, I was just like, I don't, there's so many different parts to the story where I would love to fully, like, comment on it all, but from the bits and pieces that we got. I mean, if it sounds like this isn't the first time, because I like she didn't become, of course, this, you know, uh, free as a jaybird, you know, overnight. Obviously, this has happened before. And even then, mm-hmm. how did this get into, you know, uh, the hands of the authorities? Because I was like, these people couldn't talk about these, this as adults, because if it obviously was an issue with the kids, you know, how in the heck did they get I, this far? I honestly... Honestly, what I think happened is that they were in the garage, they were painting the garage, they were doing a family project, but it was just the husband and the wife, the kids weren't home, and then they started going, hey, hey, finger guns and all that good stuff, kids walked in and went, oh, we're painting the garage, and it got hot, and we didn't want to get our shirts dirty. That's what happened, and mom doesn't like stepmom, and there's drama. Oh, yeah. If I'm going to be honest, that's what I think is actually going on. But now it's in the court system, so who knows what actually is going to be said. That's what I think is happening. Mom and dad, or stepmom and dad were having a good time in the garage, and kids walked in and stopped them before it got bad, before they caught them doing anything, but yeah. But I know yeah, the law is law, and there are things on the books, but 10 years in to register as a child sex offender? You know, For lewdness in some places, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, some places it's five years in federal prison just for looking at certain things. So it's not necessarily, you know, at least in, I think in Nevada it's for life. It's not even like 10 years. I think it's forever. Wow. So, yeah. But that makes you think, you know, I can't get naked and go into my own shower at this point. If my child's going to walk in on me. Right. <laughs> I would think that it, if it's your own, see, and I think, once again, if it's your own child, it's a different story, but I guess you have to be careful when you are dealing with other people and other people's children. Because obviously there's a, there's a, heck of a backstory going here that we don't know a lot about that probably will be coming out over the next few months, especially when that heads back to court probably in the new year. But mm-hmm. I I kind of have my assumptions, which I don't want to make. But, yeah, there, I think there's a lot of people who uh, may be having some inward battles going on within that family. So. Mm-hmm. 
another story <laughs> popped up this week. I kind of had to shake my head at this. And at first I thought, nah, maybe this was like some falsified like rumor. But then it began to be picked up by major news outlets, including NBC, including Fox. Everybody started to report on this. And when you think Hollywood in recent years, uh, you have heard a lot about actors being cast in roles in which they either gender-wise or race-wise, a lot of people were probably up in arms about. You know, I remember back when they made the Selena movie, a lot of people were not happy that Jennifer Lopez played that role. And, uh, you know, in recent years, there has been a lot of staunch debate on certain people even playing iconic roles. I know there's a huge debate right now about Idris Elba playing James Bond. Why, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Because James Bond isn't, and even then, I think they had a female character play a, uh, with 007. So, like, James Bond, well, whether you know it or not, it's not a role, I mean, we grew up with movies in which James Bond was a white male, Played by a white male. And it was Agent 007. Was Agent 007. But in this one, this one's kind of reaching a little bit. It seems that back in the 90s, uh, when there was a uh, journey to try and make a movie on uh, Harriet Tubman, uh, Gregory Allen Howard stated in a recent interview with Focus Features that, uh, uh, because I guess there is a new biopic, Harriet uh, from this year he said that he had been working for more than two decades to get this story to the big screen and that when he first began his journey in 1984 a studio executive suggested that Julia Roberts now I want you to think about this uh, if you do not know Harriet Tubman in history go back and look at the book and I'm not going to go too far out and tell you but he wanted Julia Roberts and a 27 year old starring in uh, summer rom-com with Nick Nolte back then should portray the former slave freedom fighter and abolitionist. I was told how one studio head sat in a meeting, the script is fantastic. Let's get Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman, he remembered. When someone pointed out that Roberts couldn't be Harriet, the executive responded, it was so long ago, no one's going to know the difference. Though appalling, on brand for Hollywood in some state, especially in the cinema landscape of time. And I don't know, but if that is true, I know there's a lot of things that some people may say. If that is true, to me, it was the 90s, and I don't, Hollywood has had, you know, in recent years, uh, when you have heard about uh, the Oscars always having, you know, specific uh, winners, and it took years for, you know, the first black male or first you know, black female when lead acting roles or anyone else of any other, you know, background. Uh, if that is true, I've patented that even in the nineties that somebody was stupid enough, and I'm even gonna use the word stupid enough to even put that out there and that they didn't think that no one would pretty much what is <laughs> I was like I'd like to give the American general public some credit. It would be as if someone had asked Denzel Washington to portray George Washington in a film. It's just uh, not going uh, to come off. You can't do that right. now because you got to do it with Hamilton. You can't say that. You'd have to say Denzel Washington portraying John F. Kennedy. Right. I'm sorry. Or Abraham Lincoln. You know, yeah. like that. Come on, people. When you read this story, uh, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, last night, you told me about the story last night, and I, I know that I was going to say my, my response, but I just, oh, my God, I just, this is one of those visuals. I'm just shaking my head. I, oh, people. Pretty woman is Harriet Tubman. Come on now. No. <laughs> no. There are so many... And even in the 90s, even in the 90s, okay, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to be like, oh, well, back in the 90s, okay, even in the 90s, there were plenty 
of upstanding, amazing black actresses that could have pulled off that role. There was no reason to make a red-headed pretty woman do that role. Like, what were they going to do? They were going to do one no things that were going to be very, very offensive. They were either going to make her blackface, which would be offensive, I don't like think they would have that. do that. <laughs> That's, I'm going to the worst one first. They would have either done that, and I, hello, before the I'm offensive movement, I would have been, a, that would have been riot, okay? Or they were going to make Harriet Tubman a redhead? Yeah, I guess. No. Like, I was going to say, the hottest, the hottest black actress working back then was Angela Bassett. They could have had her do it. Yep. They could have had Lynn Whitfield do it. A lot of different yep. actresses did that back then. Holly Berry was still pretty, she was Holly on Berry? the rise then. She was coming out. Absolutely could have. If they wanted to go with the older generation, they could have gotten Oprah to do it. I mean, hell, what, she did an amazing job in The Color Purple. <laughs> right. Like, we've already named off a handful of people, and that was without even trying like, come on. That was awful. Awful. If that is true, which I have a feeling it's maybe stretched a little bit, but kind of, only, yeah, not cool. Not cool whatsoever. I'm not yeah. against, like, some of these some of these things, like, the some of these things where people are like, okay, well, that person shouldn't have played that role because blank, like, um, Ghost in the Machine. Um, with what? What's her name? Scarlett Johansson, and they're like, "Well, she's supposed to be Asian." Well, eh, is she? That was based off of an anime, so it could be anything, you know. Um, stuff like that. I'm not as opposed to, but that one would be just blatant slap in the face. Absolutely right. slap in the face. By the way, if you folks are listening in, welcome. Uh, you are listening to Page. One on Blog Talk Radio. I'm LeVar, and that was Mary, who you just heard. You know what? I guess I have hey. to go back and listen. By the way, I guess I have to go back and listen to last week's show because Mary told me that at the top of the show, I said, Welcome to the 411 Lounge. Um, <laughs> eh. Eh. It happened. It happened. It happened. It's all the same. Well, no, it's not all the same, but oh. hopefully it will be the same. Actually, while my brain is on this, I do need a little bit of help from the listening audience. If you're listening out there, one of the things that I think I would like to do, because this is a great medium that we have here with podcasts. There are a lot of different podcasts out there, especially on this station with Blog Talk Radio, especially with this particular station of shows um, and while I do shows with PLM such as the roundtable I was thinking and I don't know how the general public feels about this because I'm actually going to come out to you guys because I was just thinking about this tonight once a month in the month of 2020 I would like to do special shows and what I mean by special shows on one particular topic, whether it is something in the news that could affect you, whether it be health, relationships, anything, let us know. We kind of would like to start doing that and bring on different subject matters, talk about different things, things that affect, like I said, you, because if there's anything that this show is here for or the purpose of doing this is to besides entertain with this show, hopefully educate, hopefully help you out. We can't give away prizes, we can't give away money, but if there's something that we can give away, hopefully it's a little bit of knowledge. So, I'm asking all of you, if you follow us, whether it's me or Mary, drop us a line, tell us what you think, and if you're the subject matter in that one, maybe we might like to have you on that show. So think about it. All right. Now that I've got that out of the way, um, <laughs> speaking of Hollywood, uh, the other thing that I saw this week actually was something that uh, I thought we discussed on this show before, but I'm not sure, because we discussed so many things, I lose track. <laughs> I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. We may have. But, I don't even remember. 
Yeah, yeah. So if you go to the movies, which I don't, and I'm not ashamed to admit it because I'm bad when it comes to going to movies. The last movie that I saw was probably about two years ago. Um, probably even three. <laughs> I'm a movie goer, so I'll be your I'll be your guy. I think it was like Bad Mom's Christmas or something like that. Um, probably three years ago. But anyway, <laughs> if you've been in a movie, you've seen that there's been a lot of remakes, and it kind of hit the bump in the road this past weekend. Um, the Charlie's Angels reboot fell to earth with a mere 8.4 million opening at the U.S. box office. Industry experts are trying to figure out pretty much where to point the finger of blame, and more important, how much weight does aging intellectual profit carry these days when it comes to reboots of classic franchises? Uh, of course, the Charlie's Angels movie released 16 years after Charlie's Angels Full Throttle debuted to $37 million, uh, became a third consecutive franchise reboot attempt to bomb this month. It follows the dismal $14.1 million opening of Warner Brothers' Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to the 1980s The Shining, and the $29 million opening of Paramount and Skydance's pricey Terminator Dark Fate, which is the sixth installment in the franchise, but billed as a direct sequel to the 1991 hit Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And there's been some successful ones. Of course, Jurassic Park. I think Jumanji, I think, has done huge coming back out. Star Wars also does well. Uh, Force Awakens, I think, when that came out in 2015, grossed more than $2 billion worldwide. So that's not a loss by any industry standards, but there's a lot of hits and there's a lot of misses. Um, should there kind of be some new ideas, or should there, or are you good with some of the sequels or prequels or what have you that come out? That all depends. Um, reboots, sequels, and prequels, and all that good stuff, if done well, I have no problem with. If mm-hmm. not done well, then I will. If it looks like it's just a rehash, or uh, the one that comes to mind is like the Ghostbusters yeah. reboot thing, where they and they're doing another one. The, um, yeah, they're doing another one, but they're pretending like this first one didn't exist. Yeah. The the first one with the, where the the Ghostbusters were women and yeah. like the client was what's Chris Hemsworth. Um, by the way, he was funny in that movie. Um, but that one I waited. I, I and I am a moviegoer. I do go to the theater. I I've gone to the theater. I've watched um like most recently. I think the most recent one that I went to the theater for was It Two. Um, and then before that, it was, you know, it was a Marvel movie. But then I've gone and saw, like, The Long Shot. I've done a couple of different movies, and I'm I'm not just a specific genre. Um, I'm going to go and probably see Frozen as well. Um, Frozen 2. I think that's probably going to be big at the box office this weekend, because it seems like everybody mm-hmm. I know is going to see that. Well, yeah, well, they're, it's it's hitting the right mark. They're They're marketing the right people, and they're doing the right things with the franchise and that's why those will succeed the problem is things like um terminator not going to ever see that one in the theater i might see it if it comes out on netflix might see it if it ends up on you know one of my streaming devices sure (laughs) maybe question mark because they're saying it's a direct it's following um terminator 2 and so you're just going to discount all the ones that were in between? P3. What was the last one that they just did that totally did not do well? And um, I can't even remember them. Yeah, there's, there's like a bunch of them. It, it, it's kind of like there's so many. And, and there's some that are also that come out kind of too late. It's all about timing. Uh, mm-hmm. The only thing that I think that does well is either a well-established, like, fan-based, like, type of movie. Like, Star like Wars, Wars, you got fans all over the globe who will go see even the crappiest Star Wars film just to see what it was like. And for them, a bad Star Wars is not going to see it more than twice. <laughs> it's still going to generate money. Right. And if it is, um, as we say, you know, Jurassic Park, 
a lot of people love that because their kids love dinosaurs. So it's just a whole thing of going to see it. They're going to go see it whether it stinks or not, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have, like, a, I guess a tight fan base, because Charlie's Angel isn't really a tight fan base. You know, people in this generation probably weren't even around when the 70s version aired. So you really don't have, like, a tie-in with that, you know. It was a TV show. Star Wars started off straight as a movie. Not counting the Star Wars Holiday Special. That's another story for another time. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's you you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like they don't. It's not really a tie there, you know. Or like Ghostbusters, it's not the same without all four of them. And to do it any other way, and that's not downing the version that they did, which I actually think was kind of a bold step. I'm actually glad that they mm-hmm. did one. Oh with yeah. All and unfortunately, it just didn't catch. And even now, this other current Ghostbusters movie that they're talking about, I don't know if it'll catch because, you know, everyone's older and there's one person missing, Harold Ramis, who's not there. And I don't know if I want to see a movie in which the main character that I know is not there. It feels weird. It's kind of like Blues Brothers 2000. You know, it. I know before John Belushi died, I know there was talks of them actually doing a second Blues Brothers, which I'm kind of glad they never did. Some movies aren't meant to have sequels or more. And now they're talking about what coming to America with Eddie Murphy. I'm kind of intrigued, but at the same time, I'm almost afraid to see it because I think seeing the second one all these years later would ruin the first one for me. So I don't know. But what I do know is that yeah, I think Hollywood's too quick to want to get that nostalgia going because especially if some people come across something and now with like Twitter, YouTube, people all of a sudden are like, hey, I'm watching this and this is so funny even all these years later. And then somebody in Hollywood is listening and then they're sitting there and they're like, hey, let's make a movie out of this. And it comes with like a horrible script and then some cameo appearances to kind of like get people talking and it just ruins it. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, all I got to say is, if you ever, Hollywood, please do not, do not. I'm trying to think of a show that I don't want to see made into a movie. <laughs> I think people talk years ago about friends being made into a movie. I'm like, no. Oh, no. Oh, don't no. do that. Seinfeld? No. No. Long-running sitcoms should not. Even then, The Simpsons one? I was a little disappointed in because The Simpsons is a show in which in 30 minutes, you know, you get the whole gist of it and the joke. That's why I'm kind of glad they never did a Family Guy movie because I don't know if I could sit there and watch an hour and a half of that when you get everything pretty much packed into 30 minutes. You could sit and watch three different or four different shows in that amount of time. But The Simpsons movie, I was a little disappointed in. Maybe that's why they haven't made another one. But, um, yeah, let's just leave some things alone. So that's it for the Hollywood Minute. I got enough of that. Now, you hit me on to something last night, and unfortunately I didn't get a chance to do my homework on it, but a little piece of American nostalgia is kind of dying away. Uh, if you have been lucky, to go to a Chuck E. Cheese or Showbiz Pizza, as it was called back in the 80s. Chuck E. Cheese is officially killing off its animatronic animal band. That's right. Soon enough, you won't be able to walk into a Chuck E. Cheese and see those large robotic animals, uh, sort of lip-syncing because it was horrible, to different songs. They started phasing out the band a few years ago as they redesigned about 80 of their locations, And now they've decided to get rid of the bands in the other 520 or so locations. They're going to be replacing the bands with a dance floor that lights up as kids move on it. And the other locations will still have some poor employee, as they said, dress up as Chuck E. Cheese to take pictures for birthday parties. Now, it is a little sad because when I look back on my childhood, even though I went to Showbiz Pizza or Chuck E. Cheese once or twice, I do remember the animatronic band kind of freaking me out, especially the gorilla. Um, and of course, I went to a birthday party where people tried to peek, you know, under the uh, 
<laughs> the curtain to kind of see what happened <laughs> after the band stopped playing. I used to think there right. was people in there. I'm like, are there people in there? But, yeah, it's not. Um, it's, it's sad because it's it's a part of, I guess, our generation that had that cheesy thing, and I guess now it's past its prime. And there's even, you know what the funny thing is, that there's even some people, there's pictures of people online after they originally started getting rid of that and breaking it down. Some people went dumpster diving and, like, saved those things. And I think one particular person was able to get almost all of it and, like, save it. So, um, oh my gosh, yeah, can you okay. imagine walking into somebody's no. house? <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's so much creepier than what I was just gonna say. The, the reason that okay, I'm wondering if this person is a millennial and is gonna try and start up their own, um, and try to make like a a, a, a live action Five Nights at Freddy's. There's a video game, it's a horror video game. Anybody can go onto YouTube and find it. All they have to do is put in FNAF, F-N-A-F, Five Nights at Freddy's, and you will get tons of videos of people playing a video game about a pizzeria with animatronic singing bears and bunnies and ducks and foxes and and. It goes very, very, very bad. Um, but so after that phenomenon, I'm surprised that Chuck E. Cheese didn't go, yeah, see, we thought these were creepy before. Now we absolutely think these are creepy. Let's get rid of them. I'm surprised it took this, this long, honestly. I know that they already started, correct? Yeah. They've already started taking them down. And then now that's just like, now we're like, yeah, all the rest of them gone. So. I think my only I question is, is that are those animatronic animals, if they do throw them out, is it going to smell like feet and cheese? Oh, I hope it smells like feet and cheese and not what the Five Nights at Freddy's mm. ones smell like, which is, you know, blood, death, gore, and children. So, <laughs> cheese is fine. <laughs> Did you hear, I guess years ago, uh, there was a bad rumor, rumor, and it was alleged, we're not saying it's true, that um, that Chuck E. Cheese would take slices of pizza that wasn't eaten and piece it together to form a pizza. And it was oh. a bad rumor that went around. I am I I'm gonna stand up for them and say that that is not true. A lot there's a lot of places that just have like really like the pizza's not gonna be like Ten, okay. <laughs> but um, if you are online, there is a website, uh, Barstool. Dave Portnoy, who is uh, the founder of it, he does pizza reviews. And lately, Dave, I think in the last few months, he's gone to a lot of different places. One of which was a Chuck E. Cheese, and <laughs> he actually reviewed the pizza. He actually said it wasn't that bad. Um, it's not that great. Uh, it's huh? not that bad. It's not that no, it great. Not bad. He actually, not that no, bad. he's a very strict judge of pizza. And I would actually trust, because he's done over 600 some pizza reviews. That's a lot of pizza. So I would think that Dave would know. <laughs> but uh, he actually said it was not bad. So, um, so yeah, it did look a little suspect. But I'm not going to go there. But I am going to believe. There that they was also that. another. There was a different. Yeah, there was a different rumor that they wouldn't piece together the pizzas, but like leftover pizzas off of parties. They put in yeah. boxes for the kids to take home. So I was like, Wow. Okay. I'm sorry, kiddos. They started selling alcohol at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm down now. Like Chuck E. No, Cheese parties. No, Thank no, God for a glass of beer. No, that's the beer worst and Steve ball, man. Come on. No, you know why? <laughs> I love Chuck E. Cheese's. I think they are awesome for kids and a place a good place to go to. And I have fond memories of those places. 
I think it's bad to have alcohol there because parents are already like short-tempered being there and having to deal with not only your kid but a bunch of other kids around there. Yes, it's enough to make you drink, but I think adding alcohol plus little kids, probably not a good mixture because after a while, if something happens between your kid and some stranger's kid, you've already been drinking, Chuck E. Cheese is not going to be the fun nice place that we know what to be. It's almost kind of like, hey, if you're going to do that, you might as well go to a Dave and Buster's. But Chuck E. Cheese is like, to me, it's like a kid zone. You know, I don't think that you should probably have that there, even though it keeps the adults kind of, I guess, nice, cool, calm, and collected. But there's always that one that will probably mess it up, and that's why we can't have nice things. That would be me. (laughs) That's why we can't have nice things. Um, final story today made me very, very angry. Um, I predicted that this would happen. The big, huge thing that is going on lately is with this impossible meat. If you are Mm -hmm. vegan, please Mm -hmm. don't, Mm -hmm. don't at me, don't write me. What you do is fine. I'm not doubting what you do. I just want to make sure we get that point across. Not doubting what you do, but if you go into a place that is known primarily for meat, now out of all the vegan restaurants that there are in towns, all the places you can go that are strictly vegan, and excuse my French over the next couple of minutes, why in the hell would you go to a Burger King this story comes This story comes where Burger King was sued on Monday by a vegan customer who accused a fast food chain of contaminating its meatless impossible whoppers by cooking them on the same grills as its traditional meat burgers. I'm not even going to say the person's name. In a proposed class action suit, this gentleman said he bought an impossible whopper, a plant-based alternative to Burger King's regular whopper, at a drive-thru in a city which we will not name, (laughs) would not have paid a premium price had he known the cooking would leave it, quote, coated in meat byproducts. The lawsuit was filed in Miami Federal Court that seeks damages for all U.S. purchases of the Impossible Whopper and an injunction requiring Burger King to plainly disclose that Impossible Whoppers and regular burgers are cooked on the same grills. Uh, Burger King declined to comment, saying it does not discuss pending litigation. Its website describes the Impossible Burger as 100% Whopper, 0% beef, and adds that, quote, for guests looking for a meat-free option, a non-boiler method of preparation is available upon request. Uh, This gentleman's lawyer did not immediately respond to a request for comment on a disclaimer or the available cooking options. Um, Now, Impossible Foods Incorporated, which helped create the Impossible Whopper, has said it designed a product for meat eaters who want to consume less animal protein, not for vegans or vegetarians. For people who are strictly vegan, there's a microwave prep procedure that they're welcome to ask for at any store. Burger King because again selling the Impossible Whopper in August. It's in the name. <laughs> it's a Burger King. It's in the There is a area in where where I live where they have a place that is like well there's a couple of different places. One that was gluten free, it was a zero gluten bakery and I said that's a lie. You should have gluten in anything you bake. That's awful. But the same basic premise with a vegetarian like taco place. It's like vegetarian tacos. And I was just like, veggie tacos or whatever. I'm like, that's wrong. Like, you, for me. And I, I, I applaud, and I know some people that have to be vegetarian for their, their dietary restrictions and for their health. And I, I know people that choose to be vegan, and that is, a, that is a very stringent diet. So bravo to you guys for doing that. I am a carnivore. I like my meat and my grease and my bacon and I'm dirty, and I don't even care. It's good for me. 
So I'm keeping it very much to me. When I saw a vegetarian taco, I went, that ain't right. But I'm not going to go into the vegetarian taco place and be mad that they don't have any meat in there because it's in the freaking name. Sorry, I feel very strongly about meat. So do I. <laughs> but probably um, <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> I... Why? You know, I think you and I both had this conversation. Why would you go to a place that is known for burgers? Now, they're not and they probably only make probably maybe 10 to 15 impossible whoppers a day. Probably the rest of your burgers are all regular burgers. What did you think was going to happen when you walked into this burger game? <laughs> did you think that they were not going to have it probably cross-contaminate with any type of burger and delicately Fix your burger on a nice cloud somewhere in the back of the restaurant where there's yes. a special spot where no meat or no smell of meat or nothing that has to do with meat even permeates that area. No. That specific burger person king. Did. That specific person did. And I'm not saying this about all vegans or all vegetarians because I know plenty of people that are both and that plenty of people that are great and I love them all. That specific person that started this class, they are Stella. They are the person that spilled hot coffee in their lap and said, Ow, you should have told me it was hot. <laughs> Stella Award. He wins. He wins this year. Man, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't know what the expectation were. And, and I think Bud Light, Buzz Lightyear once said it best. You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. <laughs> Going into a Burger King <laughs> and wanting that your possible burger does not touch meat. <sighs> I, I, I don't even know what to think anymore. Folks, if you're – and even if you stepped into a Burger King, that is like <laughs> – it's like uh, – it's like the burger. Like if you're going in there for a salad, that's fine. It's not going to touch the burger. But there is some small percentage of a chance that your burger is going to be on the same fryer as a regular burger. Do a that's like asking for fries with no salt. Right. Oh, that. Is, you know what? While we're on that topic, it, it is almost <laughs> like fast food, like. Things that you just don't do. Uh, there's a lot of things that you don't do, and, and you know it's it's a funny list because this week when I've talked to people, I said that there's specific things that you just don't do. One, you don't go to a movie theater and you don't order a hot dog, which they did not know about until they actually heard from three or four of us on that subject, and that's something for different for a different yeah, day. Do not order a hot dog. Um, you do not if you are a guy. If I am peeing at one stall and there's about 20 of them in that room, you do not come and stand next to me at the next stall. <laughs> That's a guy rule that just goes out the door. And three, if you are vegan and you walk into a place that is primarily known for meat, yes, or for salty fry people, if it is lunchtime, and it's always lunchtime, it's never like 7 o'clock in the evening or like 9 o'clock at night, it's always at high noon. The people who want to walk into a McDonald's and want no salt. And what happens? Everything stops for you. Because now we have to drop some fries and make sure that it doesn't get into the vat with the salty fries. And we got to make it special. But they still have to take it out and put it in something. And it's going to touch some form of salt. Because they don't clean out the vat just for you. So it's still got a little salt on it. But yes, I digress. But please, for my vegan friends, I know you want to go out. I know you want to enjoy the impossible meats and all the other good stuff. Just leave it to a vegan restaurant. Any place out here that tells you, it, it would be like if Taco Bell, which, uh, no, nah, I'm going to stop before I ever get myself in any trouble with <laughs> I was going to say that they made an impossible taco. You're, you're skirting there. Anyway. You were going. Yeah, I'm going there. I, I, I'll stop. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'll save you the trouble. There are so many now vegan restaurants. You, you you can pretty much run into one on 
any corner, any major city. Or go to the grocery store and get like a vegan burger or whatever it is. But yeah, like they said, it's not going to be a place for a vegetarian or a vegan. It's just something for us folks who maybe once in a while get a little bit tired of having a regular burger and want something different. It's not for you. And I wouldn't even be shocked if there was like some bits of like meat or something else that they use in the burger. Remember when people had an issue with the McDonald's fries when they changed the oil that they did it in? It used to be beef with a beef tallow. And all mm-hmm. vegetarians were, <laughs> I think they fainted in their chair. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it's some beef touched their fries. But you didn't have a problem with it when you were eating out of the bag on your way home. But now you do. But don't at me. Don't say, oh, you're making fun of vegans. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that if you're going to a burger place, for an impossible burger, there's a very high chance that it touched some meat. Now we're probably going to be seeing these commercials. You, you know that guy that comes on about the class action lawsuits? Now there'll probably be one for impossible burger eaters, I tell you. So we kind of are out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> um, I see a caller. Um, unfortunately, caller, we are kind of short on time tonight, and uh, we do thank you if you want to like tune in next week. <laughs> um, you'll have to hold that thought for a week. Um, I'm going to ask Mary if she has any final thoughts here tonight. I do not have any final thoughts tonight, so. But thank you for calling, whoever the call was, and call back. We would love yes. to talk to you. Let's call back next week because we're running out of time. But, yes, um, also one quick thing. I wanted to wish a happy birthday to a person who and I, I did do it on Twitter, but I would do it again tonight. Uh, today is uh, not only Friday and a week before Thanksgiving, but it is actually the birthday of a person who, uh, when I first started doing these shows, uh, I met her here in Chicago at an event, one of the nicest people in the world, probably one of the most infamous, some people will say, but probably most misunderstood, but sweetest person that you could meet. And if you follow her online, make sure to take some time out today to wish a happy birthday to Jocelyn James. Um, she's a big Bama fan. Um, I know you're not going to like that. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> but she is a big Bama fan. But uh, happy okay. birthday to her. And next week, we don't know yet. <laughs> I'd love to tell you that we will be here next Friday night, but that still has yet to be decided. So I would say definitely um, stay tuned. Um, follow us on Twitter for more details. It might not be live, hint, hint, Um, but we definitely do wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, which will take place before next Friday's show. Be safe out there on the roads, Um, and if you just happen to be in your car, of course, you can always listen to us on the Apple iTunes experience and catch up on all the shows, right? Yeah, definitely. You get it in your car, right? I know some people do. I've heard I, some people listen to I it do. in the car. Yeah. And then, hey, you get to hear my wonderful, sultry voice while you're driving to Grandma's house. <laughs> I don't want to get them all hot and bothered before they get to Grandma's house. <laughs> you know how to get, get ready for the turkey, man. Get ready for the turkey. Ready for some turkey, some football, and like I said, safe traveling, and we will definitely in some form or another – be talking to you here within the next week. But for Mary, I'm LeVar. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a great holiday. Happy Thanksgiving.